Welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 91, What I Learned at RWA 2018, coming to you on Thursday, August 2nd, 2018. Well, so I just recently came back from the Romance Writers of America National Conference, which was held in Denver, Colorado this year, July 18th through 21st. And if you can or can't tell, my voice is still trying to recover from talking a lot and then eventually catching a cold, which I think started with the fact that my throat caught on fire after talking too much. That's a friction thing, right? So much friction that catches things on fire? Yeah, it happened. (laughs) So hopefully I won't be uh, coughing and hacking too much while I'm telling you everything I learned. It's not everything. Honestly, I was going over my notes and I just wanted to share every single really cool, awesome thing that I learned and thought was so awesome. And then I was like, yeah, that's going to be way too long of an episode. I mean, that was four or five days worth of awesome. Couldn't possibly. (laughs) content enough. But I'm going to start at the top and more or less sort of kind of a little bit in order of what I did uh, tell you some of the best highlights so that even if you didn't get to go, you can learn a bunch of the stuff that I learned. So I started out the day going to the Young Adult RWA Chapters Yarwa Day, uh, which is a half day kind of mini conference that they usually have before the conference starts. And I took John, my husband, because Michael Hay was the main speaker. Oh, there were great speakers there. Um, Pintip Dunn also just gave this amazing um, speech about kind of her journey as a writer. And um, now she's, you know, a big YA author in the world. Uh, And then there was also an agent editor panel, which was totally cool. Uh, So the whole half day little mini conference was super cool. But let me just give you a few of the highlights. So I mentioned that there is an agent and editor panel. And of course, everybody wants to know what they are giving as advice, right? So one of the things that I wrote down was when somebody asked, what are some of the main problems that you see when people query you? And so in the order that they told them, but without attributions as to which agent and editor said what, here are the top things that they mentioned. Having no stakes by page 50. So maybe they asked for 50 pages and by the end of their 50 page read, they still have no idea, you know, what is the terrible thing that will happen if the heroine doesn't, you know, do this thing, go on this journey, learn, go through this story. So still not having any idea what the big problem is going to be by page 50, big problem. Um, also another one was by the halfway to three quarter way mark, the story just goes off the rails. Uh, the setups aren't leading to the payoffs and things are just kind of going off in different directions. Another one was that, and I hear this one a lot. The first three chapters are very polished, but the rest, not so much. I think that happens mostly because a lot of people send their work to contests. Contests generally ask for the first three chapters. So people polish them, send out those first three chapters, get some feedback, use that to make the three chapters better, send it to another contest and keep on going like that. So they end up with three really great chapters, but then they haven't done the work on the rest of the book. So that's one of the things that the agents and editors mentioned. 
Another thing was the story doesn't start in the right place. And they made it sound like people are sending them work that maybe they haven't fully, maybe they haven't finished the manuscript or they haven't finished it in a fully edited, I'm really done, I know my story and this is the story. Um, Because they were saying that maybe you haven't written enough of the story yet to even realize where the starting place is, which I just thought that was a really interesting comment. But it is something that you hear a lot. The story is not starting in the right place. Another one was the query letter. This was interesting. The query letter doesn't use real estate well. I had to think about that for a second after she said it. And then I was like, oh, I see what she means because the query letter is one page. So you have one page to say everything that you want to say. And she said, unfortunately, writers spend too much time talking about themselves, um, why they became a writer since they were a little kid, you know, drawing on a chalkboard, making up stories, you know, whatever it is, and, and why they just, you know, had to try it out and send their work out. And anyway, way too much time talking about yourself, not enough time talking about your story. So that was um, a problem they see. So take out some of that background on you and give them a much better description of what the book's about, you know, and all the other things that you need to put in there, the genre and word count and, you know, the whole thing. Um, One more thing was too much plot without enough character interesting. Uh, I think that particularly makes sense because um, the editors and agents on this panel were there because they specifically buy young adult work, but also they're at the Romance Writers of America conference, so they're buying romance work. And um, arguably... (laughs) Some genres require more emotion and character and that sort of thing than others. And I say arguably because I know that there are people who write thrillers and mysteries who also argue the character is a big player and has to be a big player even as much as the plot, of course, would have to be a big player in a mystery or a thriller. So anyway, these people were saying too much plot without enough character is a problem they see in the romance and YA submissions that they get. And the last one that I wrote down is uh, what your character feels isn't the main journey. And they were saying that um, writers are getting confused about, you know, knowing that they have to put emotion into their work and feelings. Um, But it's not as much about what the character feels as how that makes the reader feel something. So it's really the reader's journey that's the most important. And that comes about by showing us the character's journey. So I thought that was really interesting, too. The next part of the Yarwa mini conference portion was listening to Michael Haig speak on identity, essence, and the heroine's three journeys. I love listening to Michael speak. I've probably listened to him just about every single time he's ever spoken at RWA, most certainly uh, all the times he's spoken that I've been there. Even if he speaks you know, more than once at a conference, I will go to all of them because he is an excellent teacher. And if you haven't heard him teach yet, you absolutely need to. Now, his website is storymastery.com. And he has a lot 
of um, streamable or uh, physical copy DVDs where he's explaining something. Basically, it's a recording of him doing one of his talks. He has books. He has all kinds of information that will help you become a better writer. He's got tons of articles on his website. Um, if you haven't learned anything from Michael Haig, you absolutely have to. He is a big proponent of creating emotion in your story, no matter what your story is. I mean, he even talks about movies like Die Hard and how we wouldn't care if it, we weren't so emotionally invested in trying to figure out, will this man in the end save his marriage? I mean, that's kind of the big story question. It's just that it's wrapped up in a story where terrorists come and, you know, take over this building and his wife's being held hostage, <laughs> which of course is way, way more interesting than, you know, a man sitting on the couch with a remote control wondering how he's going to save his marriage. Just not as interesting. Anyway, that's my take on all that. But Michael is a great teacher and I really strongly suggest that you go to his website, storymastery.com and see what you can learn from him. It will absolutely make you a better writer. Don't think you need it? Will Smith has hired Michael Haig to help him with his movie scripts. So I'm just saying, if Will Smith thinks that it's worth his time, it's, your, it's worth your time too. <laughs> just my opinion. Now, the longest class that I went to was three hours. It was a class on newsletters taught by Erica Ridley. Now, I know a lot about putting together a newsletter. I've been doing it for a while. My newsletters aren't the greatest. Um, I'm always looking for improvements. I always think that there is room for improvements. There's a ton of things that I haven't um, tweaked to make really, really good, like funnels and that sort of thing. Um, I'm actually still in the middle of um, moving from one email system to another just because of all the moving and stuff that I've been doing. Um, I, I tend to get things halfway done. Uh, which has been kind of horrible. <laughs> um, but I'm working on uh, curing all of my half-done um, processes and actually finishing all the bits of all the different things that I have to do. Well, one of those things is newsletters. So I was very interested to hear what Erica would have to say. And let me tell you, that woman can give you a blow by sorry, blow by blow detailed account of exactly what you need to do, what she does and why. And wow, it was overwhelming. Um, I really think that a lot of online marketers have overused the analogy of drinking from a fire hose, but this was definitely the time the analogy worked. Holy smokes. Let me tell you, the best part is, is that Erica is in the middle of creating a class. So she isn't actually giving away the um, slides that she was using, the PowerPoint slides. Um, and you would have had to go to the conference anyway in order to get them. But, um, but she's not giving them to anyone because she's in the middle of creating a class. So I strongly recommend that you go to ericaridley.com and I will have links to all these on the show notes page, of course, which is at podcast.rightnowworkshop.com and then click on episodes and then look for episode 91. But in the meantime, go to ericaridley.com and 
look for a place where you can send her an email saying that you're interested in her class on creating author newsletters. Um, she hadn't at the time that I'm recording this, uh, which is August 1st, 2018. She hadn't yet gotten that link up on her website so that she can get people signing up for that. The signups that she has right now seem to all be related to just uh, as a reader of hers signing up for her reader newsletter. But this class is going to be totally awesome. Uh, I hope that she doesn't charge too much because I'm totally planning on taking it. Um, all I can say is there was so much information. I took so many pages of notes. My hand was cramping and there was really no place that I could go, oh, here are like three of the tips that she gives you because it was really detailed. It was not high level at all. It was totally detailed. So I strongly urge you, Ask Erica, when is she going to get her class done? And then we'll all sign up together. Now, if you've been listening to me for very long, you know how much I love brains. Not a zombie, just super duper duper excited and interested in anything having to do with neuroscience. So when I found out that one of the speakers was going to be talking on neuroscience and creativity, I was totally excited and was super duper excited that I went because it was awesome. Her name is Roseanne Bain and it's Roseanne with only one E. So R-O-S-A-N-N-E, Bain, B-A-N-E.com, Roseanne Bain. And she has a blog at baneofyourresistance.com. I just think that is so funny I had to mention it. <laughs> anyway, this was an amazing two-hour, I think, presentation, and it was for the PAN Group, which is the Published Authors Network of RWA. Uh, called Romancing the Creative Brain. And she actually went through all the different parts of the brain and what they all do and how they affect us as writers and creative people. So one of the things that she mentioned, and I'm just kind of giving you some highlights here that maybe you can um, take into account on your own and you know try to figure out how you can become more creative, uh, less stressed out, that sort of thing. But honestly, go over to her website and her blog and look for more information on how she can help you. So one of the things was dopamine has a lot to do with motivation. Now, I knew dopamine was the happy drug in our brains. And it's the one that, um, you know, when we do something that we just love to do or get excited about, it's the thing that makes us so happy. And it does lots of good things for you. I did not know, though, that it had to do with helping you increase your motivation, which, you know, I'm putting two plus two plus two together in my mind going, oh my gosh, okay, well, that explains a lot of things for me in the last couple of years of stress and moving and that sort of thing, things that I've told you about. So that's something we definitely need to look into more, you and I. Another thing is, this is interesting and very helpful, we cannot will ourselves out of a stress spiral. Now, a stress spiral has a tendency to go down, <laughs> increase stress, and you feel worse and worse and worse, and, and then the more you feel bad about things, the worse you feel about how you feel bad about things and things aren't getting better and you feel bad about that and you're trying to just like use your willpower and force yourself to just choose to be better and to feel better and to not be stressed out. I've been talking about some of this on the podcast, um, different things that 
I've been talking about before and then after I started realizing that my problem lately has been that I am in a state of burnout, which I am thankfully, thank God, overcoming, but still dealing with. I did not realize she was saying you cannot will yourselves yourself out of it. It's physiological. So that means physical. It's happening inside your body, not just inside, you know, your thoughts. Um, she said, one of the things you have to do is you have to learn when not to follow your instincts. So for instance, um, when your limbic system takes over and it's kind of a fight or flight sort of system, um, you stop being able to think rationally and your limbic system is telling you, go, 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 just keep going, just keep going. It will work out. And that's when you need to learn to not trust that instinct that sometimes you really do have to stop working in order for yourself to like recover from this and start to get better and stuff. Um, and then later she was mentioning that hibernation is necessary. You need time off or time out in order for your brain just to kind of reset, I guess. Um, I don't have the exact wording that she used for all these things, but I did write down hibernation, hibernation is necessary. You need time out or time off. So also if you find yourself in a limbic system takeover, which is when, um, you stop being able to think rationally and sort of your, um, your caveman brain is taking over and just, you know, getting you into this fight or flight sort of reactionary uh, mode, good habits that you've already developed will sustain you and get you through this period. So it's very, very important that you have or will right now today start developing good habits in sleep, eating, exercise, a couple other things she mentioned, meditation and play are also very important. Play will help you get through stressful times successfully as well. Interesting. Also, this is always um, good for... uh, for writers who as kids were always like, stop that over there, stop that daydreaming, you know, by a teacher or something. Daydreaming is excellent for cementing learning. So she said after this two hour um, workshop, the best thing that you could do in order to remember the most of all the things that she said is to just sit and having some quiet time and, you know, meditate or daydream, just let your mind water. Sorry not water. I need some water. Wander. Let your mind wander and daydream and it helps your brain to put all the pieces together so that you remember it. And one more time, just reminding you, play is crucial for creativity and brain function. In fact, to the point where she bought dozens of boxes of colored pens and gave us all bookmarks with all of her information on them, but the bookmarks were coloring bookmarks. So, you know, the the black and white images of flowers and, you know, swirls and stuff like that. And we were all, well, a lot of us (laughs) were doing a lot of color while we listen to her. So there you go. Talk about putting your money where your mouth is. That was a great, uh, not advertising promotional tactic. I thought that really worked because it certainly made me, uh, really be thinking about what she was saying as she was saying it. So again, roseannebain.com, definitely check her out. Now, if you're wondering if something just happened with the sound, 
Yes, it is still so hot here in Sweden, even at five o'clock in the afternoon that I had to turn the fan on. I just couldn't stand it one more second. I'm, I'm melting into a little puddle here on my chair. So hopefully the fan sound is not bothering you. Hopefully you can't hear it at all. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can tell how hot I am because I had to put my hair up, even though I have this beautiful new haircut, you know, so that I could go to the conference and look awesome. I'm like, okay, it's just totally making me sweat because it's all this hair on my neck. So anyway, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? I just have to tell you <laughs> what's going on. <laughs> okay. So before I melt anymore, let me tell you a few more things. Um, one of the other super cool things for me was I got to meet Mark Dawson in person and he is exactly like he seems when he's on his podcast or you're watching him in a video. So if you don't know Mark, he's at selfpublishingformula.com. He's a thriller writer who, thriller, I'm pretty sure that would be the right, I think it's called thriller. Anyway, like he has a guy who um, solves crimes and stuff like that, John Milton, and he's got a couple other characters that all have series and um Anyway, it's totally cool stuff. Um, not necessarily the kind of stuff that I read all the time, though I think I've read book one of two of his series, I think. But anyway, so he is the guy who learned a ton about how to use Facebook ads to sell his books and then started teaching it. And then the teaching just got bigger and bigger and bigger. So selfpublishingformula.com will give you a ton of information. They have a fantastic podcast. It's always one of the two that I tell people, if you're not listening to a podcast, you've got to listen to this one. And uh, Joanna Penn's The Creative Pen, Pen with Two Ends, is the other one uh, that I always recommend. But anyway, so I got to meet Mark and, you know, hang with him for an hour or so. Totally fun. Uh, There's probably a dozen, dozen and a half of us doing that. And then I went to his classes and got some more tips about how to do ads even better. He was helping people to figure out what was wrong with their ads. He was telling us, like, here is an example of, you know, an ad where somebody did this and this and this and why it seems to be working really well. So that was just super fun. Again, just wanted to mention if you don't know, you should go to selfpublishingformula.com and uh, look and see what Mark can teach you. He's got free stuff on his website as well as his paid course. So definitely um, at least look into the free stuff. And of course, the podcast is free too, just like mine. Um, also, who knew, but the writing sprints that they decided to do this year, and I don't know if they've done it before. I've never been there when they've done them, but they had um, three or four, I think, uh, writing sprints, either really early at the start of the day or late at the end of the day. And John and I went to all but one. We were actually there for all of them, but I think it was the very last one. We were so flipping exhausted <laughs> by about 15 minutes before it started. And we had been sitting on a couch just kind of waiting for it to start for probably 40 minutes. And I just looked at John. I'm like, I just don't know how I could possibly stay awake for another hour to do this. So we went back to the hotel. But we went to at least three of them. Now I'm like, how many were there? But in my mind, it was three. <laughs> and I have to say, I felt like a million dollars. I don't know what happened. I, I don't know what switch switched over in my brain. But there I was. And I haven't written in a year, you guys. I mean, I put out my last book um, 11 months ago. 
And, you know, if you've published anything, you know that you're, you're not actually writing during those last few weeks. So the last time that I actually even did any editing on a book had to have been July 2017 at the, at the very latest. Um, and then I spent the next few weeks just doing all the publishing work. So a year, a year that I really haven't written. I've just moved and moved and moved and moved and moved. Um, so, you know, if you've been listening, you know, I've been feeling quite down about that and, you know, not happy and not feeling good about myself at all. And wondering, do I even like to write anymore? Maybe my career is over. You remember all the things that I've been talking about. Well, to get into this writing sprint room, and to have a couple of people at the front who are leading and, you know, just kind of getting everybody ready and excited and then saying, okay, go. And then you have 20 minutes and then you have a five minute break and then you have 20 minutes and, and there's just all this energy and excitement. And I don't know why I just, I wrote, I wrote a lot. <laughs> I wrote more than I've ever written in an hour three times. So I'm not sure how that happened, but I'm super duper excited. And if you're in a weird funk like that, let me tell you what I did was I decided to work on something that um, in my head was making me laugh. And I had an idea of what the story was, but I didn't know when I was going to ever have time to write it because I have this kind of business plan where I'm going to write these other books first. And I just needed to write something that there was no pressure, no pressure for any reason, no business reason, no deadline reason. I just needed to have some fun and get back into it. And it was huge. In fact, even if I don't get to finish this book for, you know, a year or something, I am so grateful that I found this fun, fun thing to just get me back in the swing of things again. I'll probably work on it a little bit more until my brain switches over to going, oh, you know, the thing that you actually do have a deadline to, to do, you know, book two of the Strays of Loon Lake series that also is going to be so fun. And now I've got this idea and this other idea, and then I'll just switch over and start sprinting on that. And then, you know, finally be working on a book that's going to be published to ASAP. So super excited, really, really grateful. So just happy again to be writing and wanted to share that with you in case you're trying to figure out how to get back into it in case you're having any kind of funk yourself. Okay, then quickly, just a few more of my favorite parts. Uh, the Rita Awards were really fun because not only were there a lot of great books up for an award, um, some of them were written by people that I have read and I love their books and, you know, I was hopeful for them. Uh, also people where I'd never heard of them, but it was just so much excitement, you know, when they won and all their friends clapped and cheered and yelled and screamed. And, and so, you know, it's just fun to clap for them too and think to yourself, oh, I, I should check into that book. Oh, I should check out that book. But the other really great part was that twice I got to be part of the screaming, cheering, standing up <laughs> group of friends who were like, woohoo. So my friend Helen K. Diamond won one of the Ritas and my friend Kara Isaac from Wellington, New Zealand won one of the Ritas. So that was super duper fun and I loved standing up and cheering for them. 
Then I also went to a bunch of workshops or office hours with some of the business people who are part of the self-publishing business in particular. So I went to the Kobo workshop and found out that Kobo is doing a deal to come into the Walmarts in America. Very big deal coming up in the fall of 2018. It's going to be their full catalog. And uh, Christina Monroe, uh, who is the uh, head of this part of Kobo, was um, giving her presentation and saying that covers matter more than ever now. Um, they're really definitely going to be something that Walmart will care about and that Walmart's customers will care about. Uh, also, some other things, just remember they do have an affiliate program, Kobo does. So if you're not signed up for that, you might want to look into it. It made me think, wait a minute, have I signed up for that? I think I have. Have I ever actually used the affiliate link? Hmm, not so sure. So if you can't remember, if you have, look into it as well. Uh, a reminder to uh, get the promotions tab on your dashboard if you don't have it already. And you can click and sign up to be a part of various promotions that they do that are uh, low cost or only cost you when you sell books. So those are great. I've been in several of them and I think they're wonderful. And also a reminder that box sets are big sellers on Kobo. Readers love box sets. And uh, libraries. Libraries are a growing market on Kobo as well. So things that Chrissy wanted people to know. I also met with the Ingram Spark representatives who were there, two super fun women. Actually, everybody they met was just so fun and interesting and energetic and just wanted to talk to everybody a lot. Oh, wait, that's probably how I lost my voice. <laughs> anyway, um, they were super cool and I wanted to let you know that I am going to finally be setting up my own Ingram Spark account and what I'm going to try to do is actually... Um, record myself setting it up so that then I can show you how I did it. I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work, like whether or not it's going to look good, sound good, that sort of thing. But um, I'm going to do my best to make a recording that will be helpful for you. And then I'll tell you more about it as I go along. So that will be future content coming up. Also, just a reminder, Kobo and Ingram Spark both have podcasts. So that's another place where you should be checking out their podcasts in order to get even more free, helpful information. I also met with um, Hallmark Publishing uh, during their office hours in one of the rooms. I met the editor, Natalie Vandergast. She was super fun and cool and just very chipper and cheery. She's the kind of person that you're like, oh, I want her to be my friend or maybe the heroine of my next book. <laughs> so she was super nice. I really hope I get to work with her. And just a reminder for you that Hallmark Publishing is a new venture um, from the Hallmark Company that started in the fall of 2017. And right this minute, as of this is August 2018, they are accepting the submissions of full-length completed manuscripts through September 3rd, which is Labor Day of the United States. So through September 3rd, 2018, you can send them full complete manuscripts for them to consider for romances or cozy mysteries. Uh, all the information can be found by Googling uh, Hallmark Publishing. And so hopefully maybe you and I will have a chance to get into Hallmark Publishing. Um, it's also given me a great excuse as I rest my voice and get over the cold that I caught at the airport to just sit and watch a whole bunch of Hallmark movies in a row. Because, <laughs> you know, 
sometimes you just need to give yourself an excuse and a reason to do things that you really like to do. Um, one of the other um, workshops and office hours that I went to was with KDP, ACX, and CreateSpace. So all three of the Amazon arms for ebooks, audiobooks, and print books. And they had a lot of great information about where they're at, where they're going. And a couple of things I just wanted to let you know. Check out KDP Jumpstart for information on how to get started with KDP, which is Kindle Direct Publishing. Um and apparently it's a great downloadable PDF that will kind of step you through it uh, all along the way uh, as you, I think, maybe create your account, but definitely as you begin to upload books. So it should be, they say it's great information. I've never, never heard of it. So uh, I'm just letting you know. Another great thing is that they said that Author Central, which used to require you to log in to separate accounts to create your author page on uh, Amazon Amazon.com in America, Amazon.co.uk, I think that's the address, in the United Kingdom and all the other Amazon stores, you would have to log in separately for each store. But they're saying that now Amazon, or sorry, Author Central now has one login uh, so that you can update all of your author information and books and everything for all the stores or all the territories. Yay! And they also reminded people to check out the KDP forum to get uh, answers to questions and that they were trying to be good communicators of information over there. Uh, I also went to a couple more uh, really great workshops to tell you about. Christiane Hunter had a sweet romance workshop that was super helpful. And again, you know, it's one of those times when you go to a workshop about something that you feel that you already know a lot about and you learn lots of great stuff. And that's why I go to writers' conferences and why I take classes, because even though there's lots of times when I think, well, I know an awful lot about that, I really probably don't need to take classes, but I want to get somebody else's take. I want to see a different perspective and see if somebody else has some ideas that I hadn't thought of, that sort of thing. So um, this was a great class that, again, like so many of the others, stressed emotional impact of your story. So again, just wanted to let you know that was being talked about quite a lot, emotional impact of your story. And then the other one that in a similar vein, uh, you know, I've taken lots of classes on how to write a good synopsis, but right this second, I actually have to write a synopsis for a book that I finished a year ago in order to send it in to Hallmark Publishing. So Hallmark Publishing is accepting self-published books as well. So I'm going to be sending them Love at the Fluff and Fold, which is great, but (laughs) despite the fact that the book is already out, They still, of course, require a synopsis. So I'm going to have to, and I've never written one because I never had a reason to. So I need to write a three to four page synopsis for Love at the Fluff and Fold before September 3rd so I can send it out to them. So uh, Julia Kelly and Alicia Ray, I think it's Ray, R-A-I, had this really fun, interesting, helpful class on synopsis writing. Um, Let's see, I... Didn't write down specific things because, again, it's another one of those, you know, pretty detailed things like the newsletter where it's like, do this, do this, do this, and then here's some examples and here's some other examples. And it was very, very helpful. Um, You might see whether or not they have anything online for you to look at, uh, download, or find out more information about. But in any case, it's a reminder that even when we do know a lot about a subject, sometimes we just need a reminder, um, a brush up. 
and sometimes we just need to see whether or not somebody else has a different perspective that offers us more additional information. And when it comes to perspectives and information and classes, of course, one of the highlights of the conference for me this year was I got to teach one of the classes. Yay! <laughs> so I taught my workshop 10, 10 things you need to know before you start self-publishing. And I just wanted to remind you, I don't know how other people feel, but the reason why I teach this class is because I think it's really, really important in as much as I can help other people, for people to have lots of information so that they can make informed decisions. And I feel so strongly about this that I've been thinking about it for about a year, but I've had some friends since the conference like really kind of punch me in the arm uh, literally a couple of times and say, Kitty, you need to write the book. So I am writing the book for that. And then I think I'm going to actually do the time management book as well. Um, because I think it's super duper duper important for people to be able to know whether or not they can or want to do something based on actual factual information. Sometimes it's a matter of just knowing what questions you should ask yourself so that then you can make an informed decision. And that's why I teach this class. Um, I, I wrote down some things here. If you've been thinking that you could never self-publish because it's too much work or you couldn't begin to figure out all the things that you have to do or you're just not techy enough, this class or this book is the sort of thing that I'm writing for you. If, on the other hand, you've been planning on self-publishing for sure, even though you don't really know what it entails, or your computer is so old you don't even know which operating system you're using, or if you figure, if you just try hard enough, it'll all work out in the end, this class and this book, it's for you. These are some of the questions that I want you to be asking yourself. Like, what are you good at? What do you not know that you could be good at that you could do if you found out that was one of the things you had to do? What if you found out you had to do some things that you're like, oh, that sounds horrible. I can't imagine ever doing it. But I told you how you can get somebody else to do it or how you can learn to do it and realize not horrible, really not something you could do. So it's really a more... I want to help you to ask yourself the right questions so that you really can make a decision that's going to be the best one for you and one that you can feel confident about and not be worried all the time wondering, did you make the right decision? You know, maybe you should have tried it or maybe you really should never have gotten into this. So anyway, that's why I'm doing it. That's in fact why I try to do um, anything that I do teach or want to write an article or a book about. Just know that those are some of the things that I, those are the reasons why I want to teach on those things. Because not knowing and feeling unsure and wondering all the time, second guessing your decisions, wondering if you've made the right one, that is so frustrating and it drains your energy and not knowing doesn't help you at all. What you need to know is what are the questions that you should ask yourself so that you can make decisions about this or that or the other thing. And with the time management books, one of the things I really want to help you with is that you don't learn to manage your time so well that you're squeezing 24 and a half hours out of every day. And then, like me, finding out when you can't figure out what's wrong with yourself, oh, 
This is called burnout. How did I get here? And how can I never, ever, ever be here again? So I want to do some kind of refurbishment with the class, the way I teach it and the way that I'll write it into the book so that I can help you and all the other friends of ours to not get in a position of managing your time so well that you actually squeeze all the life out of yourself and end up in a position of burnout. Because if you've never had it, it's horrible. (laughs) And it takes longer to get through and get over, heal from, recover from, however you want to say it. It takes longer than you think it will. Um, And yeah, I don't want you to be here. If you've never been here, I want to make sure you never get here. (laughs) So those are some of the reasons why I do uh, some of the classes that I do. And you know, all these other classes that I went to and the, the office hours type things that I went to, is great information. And if you got to go this year, you know, share with your friends what you learned so that you can encourage other people. Um, if you didn't get to go, hopefully I've given you some ideas of things that you can look up, look into Google, uh, check out for yourself, or maybe, you know, meet me in New York next year and we'll go to the RWA 2019 conference together. There are so many great conferences out there. And I hope that at some point you get to go to one. Uh, You know, maybe you're in the middle of nowhere or you're just in a financial position where you can't, you have young children at home that you can't leave. Um, So maybe now is not the time. Maybe later is the time. Maybe now you could take online classes or something that is kind of on your own schedule sort of thing. Uh, Lots of stuff out there that you could do like that. And of course, talking to each other, helping each other out, sharing information, that's a great way to have kind of little mini, mini half-day conferences together. So that's another way that you could share information and learn more. I hope this has been fun for you. I'm excited to talk to you and share with you what I've learned. It gives me more excitement and energy to go and put it into practice. And right now, the big thing I have to go put into practice is I need to write a synopsis for a book that I haven't even looked at in a year. I hope you're doing something easier today and I hope you have a great week. We will talk to you more next week and I think we'll have another author interview coming up. There was a ton of people at RWA who said, yeah, they'd love to be on the podcast. So I can't wait to tell you more about all those people as they come up. And in the meantime, keep writing, happy writing and have a great day.